Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm, sperm cast. Hello and welcome everybody to episode 100 of Sperm Cast. <laughs> We have been through so much together, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for accompanying me along the way. We awkwardly asked all of my friends for their sperm. We had doubts. We had panic attacks. We discovered what drives the urge to make a family and what goes into the decision to become a single mother by choice. We bumbled through home inseminations and suffered excruciating two-week waits together. We got pregnant. And then we sat through the heartbreaking quietness of that six-week ultrasound. We miscarried, but we grew stronger. We embraced sperm banks and assisted reproductive technology. We did some IUIs. We had a chemical pregnancy. And then we dove into IVF. And more bad news came. Three abnormal embryos. Two mosaics. It hurt. We thought we were exceptional and that we'd beat the odds, but we were just like everyone else. We agonized over those mosaic embryos, and then we retested. One came back normal, so we did a transfer. But it failed. We accepted and moved on. We grew a little bit stronger. We did an ERA, ouch. Then we thawed some of my eggs and we made four embryos. We transferred two and we got pregnant again. But something was wrong from the get-go. A pregnancy of unknown location. A stressful month and a dozen blood tests later, it resolved on its own. Painfully. We narrowly avoided the ER. We kind of started to think that this wasn't going to work, or at least I did. You probably stayed hopeful, but hope was too hard for me. We learned to take it day by day. And then COVID happened. We escaped Los Angeles and went straight to New York to rescue my parents. But really, it was me who needed the rescuing. We fully recovered from miscarriage number two, and we grew stronger. We went for it again, a quarantine home insemination on the farm. That didn't work, so back to L.A. to finish what we started, another embryo transfer, and finally, some positive results. And here we are, eight weeks and two days pregnant, still holding our breath and hoping that this one is the one that sticks around. And that's just my story. What about all the incredible and inspiring stories my guests have so courageously shared with us? From IVF to fostering to adoption, from cancer to surrogacy, to co-parenting, from the trans experience of trying to conceive to non-traditional family building options, systemic racism in the medical system, egg donation, labor, raising a child with autism, being child-free by choice, witches, tarot card readers, energy healing, and not to mention all the incredible things we've just learned along the way from azo 
spermia and caudate equina, oophorectomies, rectoceles, why belly buttons make your vagina tingle, urethral sinus, motility, morphology, and how much sperm should be in one ejaculation. Fibroids, polyps, unicornuate uterus, bicornuate uterus, uterus didelphus, uterine septums, endometriosis, diabetes, molar pregnancies, micropremies, neuroblastoma, ectopic pregnancies, OHSS, PGTA, BRCA, AMH, FSH, HSG, HCG, mosaicism, hyperemesis, gravidarum, cervical mucus, placenta, umbilical cords. We've learned all of it. Some of it. We've learned a lot of it. But what sticks out to you the most? For me, it's the value of sharing your experience. How it brings you closer to others and brings them closer to you. How it creates support and gives you the energy to keep going. And how it reminds you that we're all connected and we're never alone. That's why my behavior a week and a half ago was a little surprising to me. So after everything I've learned about the importance of sharing, I was experiencing some feelings that I was too ashamed to talk about. Me, can you believe it? I let it fester and get worse. Oh God, I felt like I was going to have a panic attack and I was just feeling lost and anxious, having doubts and wondering what the fuck I had done questioning my motivations, feeling guilty for dragging all of you into this, feeling disappointed that I wasn't having twins. How dare I? I had a fetus with a heartbeat. But most of all, I was just confused as to why I wasn't more excited. And that freaked me out. And because I wasn't sharing those feelings, they compacted and the shame got worse. When I finally opened up to my mom and a couple other women who had recently been through their first trimester or recently had babies, they made me realize that these were normal thoughts for early pregnancy. As I said on my Patreon this week, I knew morning sickness was a thing and I knew postpartum depression and anxiety was a thing, but I did not know that the first trimester blues was a thing. I mean, technically it's not a thing, that phrase isn't copyrighted or anything, but it's a thing. And apparently lots of women experience these same feelings during their first trimester. Well, good old Amanda Lund is my guest today, and we're going to get into all of that shortly. But I just wanted to throw in a thought I read about on Refinery29. In this article, Kira Cook writes, I believe the biggest reason the contemporary narrative of pregnancy is not open about the real atrocities of the first trimester is that by the time it's socially acceptable to tell the world that you're pregnant, you're already through the rough part. The cathartic elation of informing the world of the news of your secret practically immediately eliminates the truth of the last dark months, and thus the entire first third of pregnancy gets swept under the rug in this narrative. I thought that was such an interesting point and just another reason why society telling us to hold off on sharing our pregnancies till the second trimester is unhealthy for all of us. And then I found this article by Katie Lindemann in The Guardian about how waiting till 12 weeks to tell the world you're pregnant is harmful. She says, Most of us will be familiar with the 12-week rule, the long-standing social convention that dictates that women mustn't tell anyone they're pregnant before the 12-week mark in case something happens. It's time to talk about the insidious effect it has on women who suffer a miscarriage early in their pregnancy. In short, miscarriages are suffered in silence because it's considered socially unacceptable to reveal that you're pregnant before 12 weeks. It's baffling that in 2019 we seem so wedded to an anachronistic superstition about tempting fate that shames women into keeping quiet and heaps blame on the woman who dares to tell and subsequently loses her baby. 
Social mores around the 12-week rule are brimming with contradictions. It's fine to broadcast the minutiae of our daily lives on Instagram, yet disclosing that we're pregnant, even just to close friends and family, is somehow transgressive. The consequence of this culture of secrecy and lack of compassionate discussion is that many women grieve for their miscarriages in the shadows, weighed down by heavy feelings of guilt and failure. The 12-week rule perpetuates the notion that early pregnancy loss is something to hide and we shouldn't make a fuss. Anyway, yeah, so no wonder I didn't know that women go through periods of doubt and anxiety and shame in their first trimesters, when by the time women are ready to share that they're pregnant, they're already, for the most part, recovered from their first trimester woes. Now, let's have some updates on my embryo, shall we? Today, I am eight weeks and two days pregnant. If everything's still going okay down there, oh gosh, I hope it's going okay, because tomorrow is my ultrasound. (sighs) Anyway, right now, my embryo is the size of a raspberry and weighs as much as a paperclip. Arm and leg buds are getting longer while fingers and toes are forming inside the nubby paddle-like hands and feet. The digestive system, including the intestines, are developing. The nose and upper lip are becoming noticeable. The tiny folds of the eyelids are developing. The ears are beginning to form on the outside of the baby's head as they continue to develop on the inside. And reproductive organs, the genitals are becoming ovaries or testes. How interesting! Some common symptoms I might be feeling right now sore breasts not super sore it also says your breasts may feel bigger and heavier well i wouldn't say they're any bigger but they're definitely heavier which is strange and the shape has gone wacko i had pointy boobs before but they're like straight up triangles now like uh, i can't explain it this is a new discovery maybe i'll have more developments for you next week other symptoms. Fatigue. Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. Yes, it's 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 for real. And I can't get anything done, and that makes me feel like a loser. In fact, I recorded this whole intro on Sunday and had to re-record it today, Monday, about 18 times because I sounded too tired. Morning sickness. No, not really. I don't think so. More on this later because I am having stomach problems, so it's debatable. Heightened sense of smell. No, my sense of smell has always been perfect, thank you. Pregnancy cramps. Yes, I am having some cramping. Apparently cramping happens because the ligaments in your abdomen are stretching as your uterus expands. Constipation. Mm Mm-hmm. I did have some constipation, and I drank a laxative tea the other night, and I had diarrhea and cramping all day the next day. It was not fun. Weird dreams. I don't know. You know what? I'm tired of this. Let's move on. Really quickly, I just want to give a big thank you to my latest patrons. In case I missed you, Jamie N. from last week. Who else? We got Kenneth R. and Eli L. We have 306 patrons for $1,042 per month. Pretty amazing. Thank you guys so much. If you want to join the Patreon, I'll be posting my ultrasound, tomorrow's ultrasound up there tomorrow. And all of my updates in real time. Also, I got a couple sweet Venmos. One from Darlene E. And one from Julia Cross. Thank you guys so much. Oh my goodness. So unexpected. What a treat. Oh, and I have to thank all of you who went into Apple Podcasts and rated and reviewed. You got me over that 200 and 500 mark. And I am, oh my goodness, when I read those reviews, I I cried. I cried because I felt so honored. 
It just made me feel so happy to hear your words and your support. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And now it is time for our special guest for episode 100, OG Spermcast producer, Amanda Lund. Hey everyone, I'm here with Amanda Lund. We're sitting in her backyard. There's a plane going by. I chose a good time to start talking, but you can't hear it because I've adjusted the levels. Hopefully. There's also a lot of construction sounds, so apologies in advance. A lot, but gosh, it's going to be so beautiful. I mean, it's already so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, every, it's, we're getting it from all around because the neighbors are doing construction. We're doing construction. You're doing your own a new porch out front, too. We're building a front porch. Oh, it's those just... old stairs were dangerous. <laughs> no light. Is that what people have been saying? Yeah, everyone. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Hi Molly, hey, thanks for babe. coming over. It's been months since we've seen each other. Hi. I mean, we we zoom, we've zoomed, but let's see. It's been since March, probably March. I April, don't even May, know. June, I I don't July, know. August. Six or seven months since I've seen you. Are you kidding? No. When is the? Oh my god. COVID stuff got scary in mid March. Like the lockdown started mid March. And what month is it? August. Oh, no. <laughs> So that's six or seven months. Oh, God. What a world. What's it like to be touched? <laughs> oh, it's honestly, it's really nice. Oh but I do long for the touch of a woman. Oh, really? Like because a hug? I, like a hug. I just like miss my, you know, my girlfriends. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, an arm around the shoulder, a little yeah. squeeze on the waist. Oh. But no, it's I. I'll squeeze I, your waist. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get you one of those like like, like pincher thingies. Pincher that you things. Those reach thingies. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but you were with your family for a while, so I'm sure your parents were touching you, right? Yeah, a lot of touching. <laughs> Actually, my mom and dad do a lot of hand and foot rubbing. I know this about the hockey. Yes, yeah, so I know I, the, about the the sick foot rub trains sick. that it's take sick. place in that household. You know, my mom and they don't put their feet up anymore because they're getting a little older. But I can still get my feet rubbed if I want. Oh, it's even better. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's I don't a have one to do way any street. But now they just massage each other's hands, which is so sweet. That is really sweet. I, I love that your family's sort of like weirdly touchy-feely. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's great. Thank you. Yeah, but I hadn't hugged anybody or touched anybody since I came back to Los Angeles. And then my brother came over to Weed Whack the other day. Yeah. Because, you know, of my situation. Oh, <laughs> too dangerous. Too dangerous. <laughs> Um, and at the end, he hugged me and it was so, I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then thinking about it later, I cried because that was literally the first time I'd been touched since I saw my parents. So do you think it was worth it? Yeah. Risk versus reward. Yeah. I wasn't that scared about it. It was more just like a sad realization. I mean, what is the problem if you... I know if you hug someone, you're too close to them. But if you're wearing masks, and maybe what would be good is to hug someone really short. Yeah, so that hold then, your breath. Hold your breath and hug someone really small so that oh, a child, your groin. maybe hug a child. I, I think the rest of the world has come to some sort of conclusion about surfaces not being too scary. But not me. I wash all my groceries and mail still. Oh, see, I've let that go. Yeah, see, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what the, I don't know. Yeah, apparently services, it's more, uh, you know, aerosol and droplets 
based. I mean, what, what's the deal with washing your hands then? Well, I do think if I, I think if there are droplets on a surface and then I touch it and touch, put it in my mouth, that's bad. Or your eyes. Yeah. But then the thing with the mouth is that your saliva and everything kills her and it goes to your gut. It doesn't go in your lungs. So I, I can't get into this. I can't get into this. I just stay at home. We're, we're not into it. We're, okay. not, we're not talking about it. But the touching was interesting because it was one of the things that has made me think about my future and what I'm doing here. Oh, right. Because I don't want to spend the next nine months alone. Interesting. <laughs> so are you thinking you would do the pregnancy on the East Coast? Yeah. Is that, did, is that a surprise to you? I didn't know that. Well, I'm thinking, I yeah, there's no point in me being here, I'm, except that I love my house and... It's nice to be near my friends, but I'm not anywhere near them. This is the first time I've seen you. Right. And so you, but you weren't pre-COVID, you weren't planning on doing that, or were you? No, I didn't have a plan because I thought I'll figure it out when it happens. Wow. I guess that makes sense because there's literally nothing keeping us in LA. Exactly. I, I work remotely anyway. Yeah, I can't audition for anything or I did have a self-tape for something. And then I had to think, if I got this, would I do it? And then I guess. I guess, yeah. It, it was all outdoors, so I thought, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, so the acting's not keeping me here. Boyfriend isn't keeping me here. <laughs> the other, sorry, the other thing is, should we break while that's on? Yeah. I could listen. That goes on for quite a while. Hurry. Hi. What were we talking about? Um, going back to New York, um... So, yeah, I didn't, I, 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 I've always just left it open-ended because I didn't know what would happen. And now, you know, my mom, my grandmother's 100, dad's 89. She's not going to be able to come and stay with me for a month when right. I do give birth. If I do give birth, I'm still in that place, everybody. Yeah. So, and I know it would kill her to not be able to be here with me. Right. And with COVID, who knows if anybody's going to be able to travel anyway. So then I'm fucking, al- sorry, then I'm alone in my home after I've given birth and like right and this is something you would go probably after the three month mark that's told this also goes on for a long time that's right (laughs) this is a horrible way to have a conversation (laughs) that's right just to make sure it actually is you know we have the highest chance of something good happening yes I see and would you permanent this would be like a long-term move like you'd let go of your I don't know that's part of my problem and Mm. it's part of some anxiety that I've been having lately yeah I'll get into that in a minute there's that and then leaving my friends right who some of them are trying to have babies of their own and I want to be pregnant with them right right and I'm gonna be far away from them and then my house I could I could hold on to it and continue having the Airbnb somehow. I'm just talking through this so it's okay. metal grinding yeah. noise. What was I say? Oh, yeah. I could yeah. I could continue the Airbnb somehow or just have somebody else sublet maybe for a while. Or I could let it go altogether and pack everything up. Right. I have no idea. I have no idea what to do. Right. And so over the last week, I've started to have anxiety about... Everything. Mm. What was interesting is that it wasn't just anxiety. It was doubts about doing this at all. Mm. <laughs> like, why did I, 
Why did I do this? Yeah. I have to change my whole entire life completely and maybe give up on everything that I've been working for for the last 18 years and find a new career. And and then I started looking at houses um, in Westchester and they're just as expensive as out here, but they're crap. Oh, no. Oh, my God. And so I love my parents, but living with them is hard because my mind is wrapped up in their well-being when I'm there right, and right, I, can't, right. um, I can't focus on myself and I, I, need, I would need to create a life for myself once I get there. So I was looking at that. I was applying for jobs on the East Coast, jobs that no one's ever going to like, you know, applications that nobody's ever going to read. Because <laughs> you just wrote gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I didn't want the jobs. <laughs> no, there were like jobs on on ZipRecruiter, mm. and those are like you know for police I don't officers, know, large, huge corporations that are never going to read my application. What and are you applying for, was, Molly? What? What are you applying for? Well, there was a there was a cool one for StoryCorps. Oh, but they're not going to see my application. And people study this shit in college. You know, I have two years of experience producing and editing a podcast and a couple others but like they well, need well I, I actually think you could. oh no i think i'd be great for it i yeah. just don't know if they would ever even see my resume right right it's a lot and you're still so newly pregnant and, and so. i don't yeah and i don't know i mean i hope that everything's going to work out but i don't know if it will and so so there was that anxiety and yeah. then but it was kind of getting to me yeah yeah, the feelings of doubt were freaking me out and making me feel ashamed. Mm. And so I didn't mention it to anybody for a few days, which is not like me. Oh, yeah. Although a few days is not very long in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> like normal people <laughs> would not, not share these Some things. Some people but, go years. Yeah, I know. Not it, me. I yeah. can make it three days. Um, I was feeling really bad, really awful. I was yeah. feeling like I wasn't excited enough. Mm. I were as, as excited as I should be. And how could I do this to my listeners? They've been, I've dragged them along on this journey for years. And now, now I'm not even like, I don't know. It was weird. It was yeah. weird. And I was feeling like shitty. And also physically, I wasn't feeling well. Yeah. But then I finally opened up and I talked to my mom and she said, that's normal. Number one, which I didn't know. And then... She also said, just take it day by day. You don't have to decide anything. I wasn't also I wasn't telling my mom about all the moving stuff because I don't want to get her hopes up. Right. I don't I just don't know what's going to happen. And I don't want to drag her emotions into it. But yeah, she said, I don't have to make any decisions right now. Take it day by day. And that helped. And then the next day I told a couple other women that had just had kids and they were like, oh, my God, Molly, that is an absolutely normal feeling. Every after you get pregnant, even if you've been trying for 10 years, you're going to have questions and doubts. And in some ways, probably, especially because you've been trying for so long and have had this crazy journey. It's like yeah. you've been so focused on that, that you haven't had time to just yeah. imagine what it would be like if it happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was I think that's probably scary. some sort of biological, emotional protection that women have mm -hmm. when you first get pregnant in a way as like a protection in case it doesn't work out. Yeah. And I was thinking that as well. That Maybe I'm just not excited because because it's a yeah an emotional a wall that I've put up to protect myself. Yeah. But also it's like that whole maybe this happens for some 
people, but that whole thing you see in the movies of like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Or like the pregnancy reveal and then everyone's all excited and then nine months later people have a baby. It's like, that's a false goddamn narrative. 100%. And that's what I'm, that's why I was so shocked or surprised and comforted to find out that these feelings of mine were normal. Because For sure. I've heard of postpartum depression and I've heard of, uh, you know, the stress of the two week wait. And I've heard of, uh, I don't know, the feeling of, I know the feeling of loss and miscarriage and that, but I had not heard of anybody being, I don't know, uh, anybody that had been trying, right? Being uh, having doubts and and not being super excited. I don't know. It's just I yeah. I didn't know that was a thing, right? And now I do. Mm. Unless those people were just being nice, and all my listeners are sitting at home like fucking ungrateful bitch. Like one hundred episodes of this podcast, <laughs> and Molly's not even excited. <laughs> There is so much going on right now, Molly. That too. So much outside of the insanity that you're going through in your personal life. Yeah. That it's just, how are you supposed to even organize your emotions? Like everything, at least in my brain, everything is so displaced. I can't tell what's going on. And so I can't even imagine all these big decisions looming over your head, by the way, none of which you can even make right now, because who knows what the future for you or for the world holds. Yeah. It's just like, it's so chaotic. It is. And so you're probably just having all this crazy anxiety. And of course, it's going to be put on your pregnancy. Right. So part of it's real. Part of it is probably just general anxiety that is has to go somewhere. Yeah. And then there's the physical aspect of things, which is that I feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exhausted all the time and my stomach has started to hurt. And and for me, my stomach issues are closely tied to my anxiety. Mm. And so one increases the other. Yeah, it's a negative feedback loop. Is that what it's called? That's exactly right. (laughs) You're so smart. (laughs) That's exactly right. Sadly, it's not exactly right. A negative feedback loop is a reaction that causes a decrease in function. It occurs in response to some kind of stimulus. Often it causes the output of a system to be lessened. So the feedback tends to stabilize the system. This can be referred to as homeostasis, as in biology, or equilibrium, as in mechanics. So maybe what I'm experiencing is just a regular feedback loup. A positive feedback loop? Let me look that up. A positive feedback loop occurs in nature when the product of a reaction leads to an increase in that reaction. If we look at a system in homeostasis, a a positive feedback loop moves a system further away from the target of equilibrium. That's what it is. It's a positive feedback loop and it stinks. Whatever. They They feed feed off each other. They feed off each other, yeah. Um, And so when I started having stomach problems about a week ago, I didn't know if it was pregnancy or if it was my same old... Very depressing stomach problems. Yeah. God, when my stomach hurts, I just feel so sad. I don't feel like I can communicate and be a human being. And I have no energy to do anything else but just sit there. Yeah. And then there's also my ambition bothers me when I can't be productive. And Mm -hmm. I totally can't be productive right now (laughs) because of the tiredness. I'm not doing anything. There, I literally have days where I didn't do anything. Wow. 
except cook nourishing meals. Well, that's something. I know you were saying that I eat and that make me sick. Cookies, pizzas. No, that was a week and a half ago. That's why my stomach is hurting. I just want to clarify to the listeners. I've already told Amanda this, but um, I think I don't think that my stomach problems right now are very pregnancy related. I it feels like the same stomach problems that I've had on and off for years, including like a like a, a a constant queasiness and a radiating ache all the way up my neck and my back of my teeth and uh, to my ear. But it's possible, Molly, that they've been triggered by the pregnancy because it that really does, I've heard, like mess with people's digestion. It does. I guess progesterone slows down your digestive system and it also relaxes a lot of your, um, is it muscles or tendons? I'm not sure. But then we've got this. I've Bloop. got this. Hey, guys, it's Molly. I looked up progesterone <laughs> on the Internet. I'm not and- doing it this time. I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> but it relaxes things yeah. like valves. So there's the esophageal sphincter and that's what stops food from coming back up into your throat and mouth or whatever. And that's why women who have, who are pregnant get um, heartburn because that valve doesn't close and yeah, the acid comes up. Yo, yo, yo. I wasn't going to do a cutaway, but I have more energy today. So um, let's see here. This uh, what to expect. I've heard that what to expect when you're expecting is not a great book, but I'm not going to buy another book, guys. So this one, I bought it last year. Anyway, early in pregnancy, your body produces large amounts of the hormones progesterone and relaxin, which tend to relax smooth muscle tissue. As a result, food sometimes moves more slowly through your system, resulting in indigestion issues of all kinds, from that bloated, gassy, full feeling to heartburn. This may be uncomfortable for you, but it's actually beneficial for your baby. The digestive slowdown allows for better absorption of nutrients into your bloodstream and subsequently through the placenta and into your baby. Heartburn occurs when the ring of the muscle that separates the esophagus. Hold on. Got to change the page separates the esophagus from the stomach relaxes like all the other smooth muscle in the GI tract, allowing food and harsh digestive juices to back up from the stomach to the esophagus. During the last two trimesters, heartburn can be compounded by your expanding uterus as it presses. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. I lost the energy really quickly. So I would say it's probably in some way connected maybe but I've also been feeling I had been feeling so good that I had changed my diet and was going yeah wild on pizza and cookies and cake and, and cheese pie, yeah cheese what else I don't know uh I don't oh, know but I was said having whole a good milk time. I even had tomato <laughs> sauce what'd you say whole milk whole milk cream top baby and this is something all mixed together into like one large bowl and just <laughs> went to town. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's not right. That's not how you're supposed no, to do it. No, that's how exactly how I do it. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah. yeah, I know that 
I, I, it just it just sucks. You're just feeling like crap. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's shifting already, yeah. and it's only been a week, so I'm very lucky to. <laughs> Not the stomach shifting, but my brain is is shifting back into positive mode. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's And it was never like, I don't want to be pregnant. It was just, I'm not as excited as I think I'm supposed to be. But also, Molly. Oh, something's biting my vagina. Oh, oh my God. What do you think it was? Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, go back in the house. That's rude. Sorry. I don't know what that was. Maybe Um, something. But I'm sitting on the grass, everybody. Yeah. Shorts. (laughs) Well, you're on a blanket. It might have been an ant, though. It could have been, yeah. There's ants on my... <laughs> it's fine. I'm touching my vagina in front of them. Do you right need now. to dip in the pool to get them? No. Um, <laughs> well, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Why? It's funny that every time I try to speak, something <laughs> seems to bite you in the <laughs> vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Oldest trick in the book. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, but also the thing. What I was saying is that uh, you kind of know too much to be the kind of dope who's really excited in early pregnancy, mm, right? That's true. That's like, true. You kind of that ship sailed. Yeah. When you first like after miscarriage number one. Yeah. yeah. So it just is what it is, yeah. and you will be excited. Yeah. Like it'll, it's, I don't know. It's just a little bit less clean cut. It's definitely, whoa, that's loud. Oh, that it's getting closer. Yeah, that one's louder because that's coming from the neighbors. Oh. I can't record anything. And this is what I'm doing all day. This is right happening right outside my office. It's been crazy. Luckily, I, okay, well, now I should talk. Oh, what were we saying? Um, <laughs> I was saying you know too much. Oh, you said something about it being messy. Yeah, it is messy. There's like lots of positive moments and just also a lot of bad moments. And it's I'm going to, I guess, have all of these emotions. I also have all of the the hormones causing crazy emotions, too. But yeah, there's some I can be happy at one point and freaked out at another point. And that's okay. Yeah. And then also about the career stuff. Oh, God, that stuff is like (laughs) there's so many variables. Isn't that something you feel all the time? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just always going to be there. Besides, like, we have... Yeah, but moving, I mean, I have to really figure out how to make real income if I want to How are you making income now? My Airbnb. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's down the road. Unemployment, baby. Well, you can still get unemployment, right, if you go to New York? No, I don't think so. You have to work in the state where you get it. Oh, I see. Interesting. No, but uh, it's fine. That'll run out soon. (laughs) But I mean, that's just like, these are always the questions we're asking ourselves. How yeah. are we going to make money? Mm-hmm. You know, what, are we doing enough for our careers? But yeah, but we, then I think like, should I be going back to school? Should I go get a degree in counseling psychology? Is that what it's called? Uh, uh, Not clinical psychology. Clinical psychology? I don't know. Midwifery. Wivery. <laughs> Mid- I can't even say the word. I don't know. I feel like these are all great questions, but you got to just take it day by day. Exactly. You have to, you have got to live in the present right now because otherwise yeah. we're all going to break down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like everyone right now is feeling like they're not doing enough work-wise. Everyone, I mean, in the entertainment business. Right. Not talking about frontline workers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, I just feel like there's, we have to just be kind to ourselves right now and, like, not not spiral. Yeah. And then, of course, everybody says, 
that you you know you're growing a human you have to sleep as much as you can you should not be doing anything anyway but yeah. then i'm like what about all the incredible women that work throughout their whole pregnancies what, they don't take naps at work who are you talking about my mom <laughs> yeah i know but your mom is a machine yeah i mean you can do like but, but what's strenuous you're just like talking about writing I can't sit at my computer. I can't. I don't know. I can't do anything. Molly, honestly, it's so early. Give yourself at least a cut, like a month, okay, and then start worrying about you're not you're yeah, being yeah, lazy or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're. Yeah. It's so early. You have to just be okay with taking. It's just the ebb and flow of creativity as well. Yeah. You're either in the zone or you're not. Yeah. You're doing the podcast, aren't you? So yeah, yeah. That I know. Keeps me alive. <laughs> yeah. I know. The minute you stop the podcast, you you're gonna die. I die. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah anyway well i don't want to keep you all afternoon no but i think these are all like doubts that anyone in your position would be having right now it's just it's just a crazy time in the world and your journey's unique and anyway but then layer covid on top of it and it's like what can you do <laughs> <laughs> this really all happened at a crazy time so are you have you been online dating (laughs) (laughs) no i did um i finally shut down the bumble account um Uh, i had it open in new york because i was curious what the people out there would be like and um not good (laughs) (laughs) really I mean, I don't want to be mean, but I think we live in a very good-looking town mm. here in Los Angeles, and um, very fit people, interesting, eccentric, whatever. Like, I'm sure that the people in Westchester County are interesting as well. You just there's a sort of a oh my god, it's so fucked up, <laughs> sort of a generic vibe going on, and um, everybody kind of looks the same, and mm. I don't know, just. I wasn't really attracted to anybody. Yeah, I see. But that could change. That could change. But then, you know, I was in quarantine. When I got back here, I started swiping Mm. out of boredom, hoping to thinking maybe I could connect with somebody and meet them from six feet away. And and then if I did meet somebody, then they could get tested and we could make out. It would be amazing. And then so I did start talking to this one handsome fella and he was like 10 years younger than me and told him all about everything I was doing. It was pre-transfer and he came over and we sat in the backyard. And what was very interesting was the, the mask wearing on a, on a first meet or whatever. It's almost like, like I took down my um, mask to take a sip of something and he like gasped. Like he was, (gasps) he was like, Oh my God, you're so (laughs) beautiful. Or like you're you're so much prettier than your pictures, and everybody always says that. By the way, I don't understand they do? why. Well, what? Let me see what pictures you're using. <laughs> They're just like so unattractive. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible lighting. Yeah, but it was it was it's sort of like tantalizing, not knowing what the person looks like underneath their mask. Well, it's just like it's just the revealing your right? ankle. Wow, I can't believe you got a gasp. It wasn't, I don't know if it was a gasp. <gasps> I would have been nervous if someone had gasped when they saw my mouth. <laughs> Wait, I think it was more of like his eyes lit up and, oh. his, and he got a boner. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 
So wait, but why didn't, did you just do one? Oh, I was so fucking pissed off at this guy because he was supposed to come over at 11. By the way, I never meet people at my house. I know. What? What are you thinking? I don't know. (sighs) Look, I'm desperate. (laughs) Anyway, so this guy comes over in my backyard. He was supposed to, we were supposed to meet up at 11 or something like that. He's like, do you mind if we meet up at two instead? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't have anything going on. It didn't bother me at that point. It was like 10 o'clock when he said that. And then at at like 10 of two, he's like, what, what about like four? Rude. Oh, I was, I was like, yeah, whatever. And then he shows up at 4.30. Ugh. And I really gave it to him. You did? I sure did. That little piece of shit. So was he cool or you didn't feel it? He was fine. I don't give a fuck. What does he do? What does he even do? I can't even remember. Something with music. How long did he stay? Oh, God. I'm terrible. An hour and 45 minutes because I don't know how to tell people to go away. Yeah, that's horrible. I'm so nice. After I gave it to him, then and he was really apologetic. He was? <laughs> yeah, but like, um, and he was really handsome, but also his mask was really ugly. <laughs> what did the mask have on it? I think it was the combo of his hat and his mask. He was, he was wearing like a floppy fisherman's hat. Oh, no. With a matching mask and, you know, shorts. And a, he, he was sweaty through his T-shirt. And it was... Oh, it sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> to have this fisherman in my backyard. But after the transfer, I was like... Well, I, I had been having conversations with a couple yeah. people. And, and then I, um, I stopped them. Ah. After the transfer, I was like, no, I just, I'm not interested. And I also don't want to get turned on because that could screw up my implantation or something. Ah, yeah. And then now I'm like, well, I don't want to have a start anything with anybody out here. And that's because I might not be here right. for long. And honestly, subconsciously, that's probably been on my mind for years. Mm. Not subconsciously. I've, I've consciously thought about that, too. Yeah. So I'm not interested right now, everybody. That makes sense. You got a lot of other stuff going on. So, yeah. and so Tuesday's your doctor's appointment. Yeah. You're going to just get eyes on that thing. Going to get eyes on. <laughs> <laughs> I was really laughing when you said the doctor said the grain of rice was long. <laughs> and then I told my Nana and she said, oh, it's long grain rice. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That's so funny. Thank God it's not like a borrow risotto rice well that's the name i put there's like a little app you can use in your um phone and it says to name your baby and i i wrote risotto (laughs) no it's more like listeners please don't please don't say things about baby risotto i i'm not ready for that okay yeah (laughs) knock it off listeners we know what you're thinking i just don't i don't want to hear anything yeah um that really made me laugh though (laughs) Because my donor's super tall. I know. I can't believe it. That long grain of rice. (laughs) It did look long. (laughs) Like a pickle. Oh, my God. It was so long. Yeah. She said that there would be next time, this time, that we should see little nubs for arms and legs. What? (laughs) (laughs) You've never heard of this, Amanda? Gross. Wait, so, okay, so you're, how far along are you now? Like seven weeks? I'm eight weeks tomorrow. Eight weeks tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. that That's good, right? Yeah. Although I have to say I am a little nervous because a couple things happened yesterday, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the same thing happened twice. 
I was sitting there in the backyard and my hose exploded and shot me in the back. <laughs> and I, I jerked my body. It like scared the hell out of me. And I just went, <gasps> and you know, I just felt like my whole body tensed up and I felt like I hurt my, I don't know, uterus and embryo. I know no. she's looking at me like I'm crazy, but it, I don't know. It hurt. And also every time I sneeze or cough, I'm like, I feel it like for, I don't feel it anywhere, but this sharp pain in my uterus. And then, yeah. okay. So then I go and I got something to fix. I went to the hardware store. I was very safe mm-hmm. and I got something to fix my hose, cut my hose. I joined it back together. I turned on the hose. I'm walking towards it super casually and it exploded again straight at me and that one really hurt physically wait molly what is happening with your hose i've never <laughs> heard of a hose exploding really especially not twice too much pressure too much water pressure what do you mean exploding well it had a bubble in it where it, it, i guess had maybe it had kinked at some point in its life or something <laughs> and it was just not as the didn't have the integrity that it needed to in this one tiny spot one little spot and um I had left the water on, which I don't normally do, but I it, it's got like a, what's that called? A sprayer at the end. Yeah, the nozzle. So anyway, the pressure built up and I had noticed that that's one, this one spot had been uh, getting bigger and turning into like a bubble for a while. And I'd, I'd been meeting to wrap it in duct tape or something. <laughs> but um, ah. did you get what? Yeah, I got soaked. <laughs> <laughs> this is so sad. <laughs> Well, Angela was there the first time, and uh, it was we screamed. Did she? It was did scary. she get wet It sounded too? like an explosion. Oh my god! She didn't get wet. It was all on my back. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that happened to you. Anyway, I now I just I can't. Every time I go to the bathroom, I'm expecting to see blood. I I know. I'm so sorry. That's like that's tough. And then even if I do see blood, it's not always you know. No. But Tuesday, you, ha- you have your appointment, so... Yep. yep. This next appointment's going to be like a big marker. I think it'd be a, a good one. Mm-hmm. It'll reduce the chances. Yeah. What the doctor said last at the last appointment was, before the ultrasound, not knowing anything, not seeing anything, she would have expected that my chance of miscarriage would be between 30 and 40%. After the ultrasound, she said it would it was down now to like 15% or lower. Wow. And that with each thing, it would get lower. So wow. she said after the next one, it might be 10% or lower. Wow. Oh. Seems 10% seems like a lot, especially when like the chances of success when you're like doing IVF or something are about 10%. You're like, it's going to work. It's going to work. Is that right? 10%? I don't know. I don't. Depends on your age. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Bloop. Hey guys, it's Molly. No, so I'm not. <laughs> this one i'm really not gonna do it for because i've tried to figure this one out so many times and i just can't get to the bottom of it so Hmm. it's just always gonna be you're always gonna be worried yeah yeah until the child's 18 or more my mom's still worried about me every day no dude my mom dropped a this is not a good story i'll tell you later (laughs) (laughs) she hurt her foot (laughs) uh well it's a lot, but we just got to support each other during these trying times. Yeah. I'll, honestly, everything would be great if my stomach felt better. So what are you eating now to kind of... Oh, God. I don't know. I'm just... Kombuchas and... 
uh, today I had oatmeal and that really fucked me up. <laughs> the oatmeal did? Yeah. I think what I need to do is have like rice and broccoli and protein, some sort of protein every morning. Yeah. Eggs. Uh, everything's bothering me. It's a stupid conversation. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. Is there anything else important that we need to talk about? Um, I mean, I know the listeners will always want to know how you're doing. I'm good. Sorry, thanks. I didn't ask till right now. <laughs> oh, you're good. I'm fine. I this last week I've had like tons of anxiety, and oh. I don't know. Well, I don't know why. Like I was saying, I can't pinpoint it on anything, but it's just like the spiraling anxiety of life right now. Yeah. And but I'm just trying to go easy on myself because I'm like you like we're both hard on ourselves because we expect a lot like we're both really productive people. Yeah. And so uh, this and I have felt like I've been pretty productive during, you know, homestay. But I've just the last couple of weeks I've just I'm getting everything done I need to, but I'm just not going above and beyond. And I'm trying to just accept it and take right. a little break and also try to have some semblance of a summer. I know. Summer's normally the time I love so much because we're really social during the summer because yeah. we like to entertain. You and can still have your movie nights. Yeah, but it's hard because really it's like with, more than... With fewer people. Yeah, though. with fewer people. So me, including me. Including you, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, right out. You've been having your part, your movie nights all summer. <laughs> yeah we should have a movie night (laughs) but yeah just trying to have some semblance of a of a summer over here yeah that's that's what it is what it is me and everybody else right (laughs) well thanks for joining me on my centennial episode oh my god is that how you would say that i think yes that's exactly right and (laughs) congratulations thank you I mean, a hundred episodes. That's a hundred hours. That's amazing. I mean, I hope that the listeners maybe up their Patreon. Oh, thanks, donations Amanda. for the one hundredth episode. Maybe give, maybe give an extra dollar what? onto your monthly donation. That would be so nice. That would be nice. Or you know, send a Venmo. Yeah, or you could send a Venmo, Molly hyphen hockey. Say Amanda. Remind us of your podcasts that you're in right oh, now. Oh yes, thank and you. editing and producing. Um, well, check out the big ones. We're on a little hiatus, but that's always a, a fun podcast. You know, if you're already logged into Patreon, you might as well join Amanda and the Maria's big Patreon. The, the big ones Patreon. We talk about moral dilemmas. Mo- Molly's been on the podcast several times. Mm-hmm. She's a fan and they're favorite. much better with their Patreon than I am. They're always uploading new episodes. To we Patreon. do two a month. Two new. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. And then um, the other podcast I think that maybe some of your listeners would like is called The Alarmist. Yes. And so that's um, on the Erios Network. And the host, Rebecca, she uh, talks about history's greatest tragedies with a guest and decides who's to blame, mm-hmm. who or what. So And you pop up in there, too. Yes, I'm the producer, so I also participate in the conversation. We've done episodes, some recent ones. We have one coming out about the Kanye-Taylor feud. Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift, Kanye. The I almost didn't know who Taylor Swift was. <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's like we're really all in important. our But you also worlds. have experts on there. Yeah, we did. Um, You know, we talked about the Chilean mining accident. We've talked about the sinking of the Titanic. We've had some really, and we have experts on who help us learn about these historical events. So check that out. It's called The Alarmist. Wherever you listen to Spermcast, you can listen to The Alarmist. Awesome. Thanks for letting me plug. Thanks for um, letting me sit here. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, It's so fun to have someone in the backyard. 
Well, let's hang up this thing so we can actually just relax. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Woohoo! That's it for episode 100. Moving forward, what's gonna happen? I bet you wanna know. Is it gonna be different? A little bit. Here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna do a series of catch-up episodes with some of your favorite guests. I think I'm gonna do a couple per episode and put the full-length interviews on the Patreon, unless that's too ambitious, in which case, I won't. Anyway, some of my guests have gone on to have babies, some have adopted, some have had breakups, gotten engaged, and who knows what else we'll find out. I'll talk to old potential sperm donors from season one and other friends who helped me out along the way through seasons two and three. Do you have a favorite guest you want to hear come back on the podcast? Email me or DM me on Instagram and I'll try and get them on here. And I'll continue to do these catch-up episodes until I feel comfortable knowing that I'm actually pregnant, which will probably be around the 12-week mark, at which point I think we can probably start season four, pregnancy. Sound fun? I hope so, because I'm so excited to chat with my old guests and see how far they've come in two years. Don't forget, I'll be posting my ultrasound on my Patreon as soon as I get home from the clinic. I'm actually kind of nervous, more nervous than I thought I would be, more nervous than I was for the first ultrasound, or maybe differently nervous. I think it's because I've actually let myself be pregnant and feel pregnant and imagine the future and kind of sort of try to make plans and I'm scared that I let myself think it was real a little bit too early. Oh, but we'll see. We'll see. It's probably going to be okay. Anyway, the ultrasound and my thoughts will be on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash spermcast. Join up, get in on the secret club, and feel good about helping sustain this podcast. Another way to help is Venmoing me at molly-hockey. Another way to support is to rate and review, which so many of you lovely people did last week. Thank you so much. But to the rest of you who've never done it, how dare you? Get on it. Go to Apple Podcasts right now and rate and review. I cannot believe you. And finally, share. Share an episode that you love with a friend. Post or repost on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Every little bit helps. I think that's it. Thank you so much, Amanda, for letting me hang out in your backyard and go in your pool after we stopped recording. And thank you, listeners, for being here, for listening for 100 episodes. Gosh, wow, we've been through a lot. Want to reach me? Email me at spermcast at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail or text me at 323-741-1818. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at spermcast. And I think that's it. I love you so much. I'm so happy that we've come so far. Talk to you next week. Bye. He could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, from gay, straight, black, white, shiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by ACAST. 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.